to the Wagner Ministries International Podcast. As you listen to this message, our prayer is that you would be motivated and empowered to follow Christ and lead others to Him. Enjoy. God bless you, my friends. This is Evangelist Kevin Wagner, founder of Wagner Ministries International, welcoming you to our podcast today. Today we hear an incredible story about what happened to Paul and Barnabas as they continued on their mission trip through Asia. First in Iconium, God did some great things. People got saved, healed, and delivered. But like last podcast, as we saw in Antioch, Satan reared his ugly head again, and spiritual warfare broke out, causing Barnabas and Paul to leave the city. They went on to a town called Lystra, and there we see an incredible turn of events taking place. First, God uses Paul to heal a lame man who had never walked before. God gave him his legs back. After this miracle, as we might expect, the people of Lystra were amazed, so much so that they thought Paul and Barnabas were two of their pagan gods, Zeus and Hermes, who had come down in human form. And so the people hurried as fast as they could to make sacrifices to them, to roll out the reddest carpet they could find and worship them. The people of Lystra were so eager to do this because of a legendary event that supposedly occurred in their town some years earlier and which had become part of their local folklore. You see, the people around Lystra told a story that once Zeus and Hermes had come to this earth in disguise. None in all the land would give them hospitality until at last two old peasants, Philemon and Bacchus, took them in. As a result, the whole population was wiped out by the gods, except for Philemon and Bacchus, who were guardians of a splendid temple and who were turned into two great trees when they died. So when Paul healed the crippled man, the people of Lystra were determined not to make the same mistake again. But Paul and Barnabas refused their worship and instead preached God's truth to them. Then some of the enemies that Paul and Barnabas had made along the way, angry Jews from Antioch and Iconium, came to town. They must have really hated Paul and Barnabas to travel over 100 miles through rugged terrain just to stir up the people of Lystra against God's men. But stir them up they did, so much so that they went from worshipping Paul one day to stoning him the next. You can imagine that as Paul was getting bloodied and beaten by the angry mob throwing rocks, his mind flashed back to when he was on the other end of those stones as he saw Stephen getting stoned and as he gave approval to it all. A lot had happened since that day. Jesus had totally changed his life. And after the stoning was over, the crowd left him for dead, not even burying his body, just leaving his carcass there to rot. But the Lord preserved him. And the Bible says in Acts 14.20, the next day he and Barnabas left for Derby. Friends, what would have motivated Paul to get up after a beating like that? and go on the next day to another town to share Jesus. As Paul was laying there left for dead, a lot of options must have been going through his mind. You can imagine Paul thinking, why am I doing this? I could just go home, you know. I had a nice peaceful life in Tarsus before all this. I had a good job. I had the respect and admiration of my fellow Jews. 
I was one of their clerical leaders. Now, I know what life is like on both sides of the stones, and it's pretty painful on this side. Why am I putting myself through all this? Satan would have really been putting temptations like this, doubts, into Paul's thoughts. He's probably done the same thing to you in the past. Maybe he's doing it even now. But the question remains, what brought Paul to his feet again? And what kept his feet moving to the next town down the dusty trail to preach Jesus to the people? At least three things would have given Paul the strength to go on. And these three things can give you the strength to go on in your life too. Some of you today may feel a little like Paul must have felt that day. You feel like life has been throwing stones at you lately and it hurts. In fact, if the truth be known, a lot of times you're tempted to just throw up your hands in despair and say, what's the use? Why even try living for Jesus? A lot of good it's doing me. And you don't feel like you have the strength to go on. Well, friends, if that is you today, then I pray that what I'm about to share with you in the next few minutes will encourage you to rise to your feet and begin walking again with renewed strength down the path that Jesus has planned for your life. The first thing that, it would, would, that would have given Paul the strength to go on and that can give you that same strength was the knowledge that Paul didn't want to go back to the way things were. Sure, Paul was a bloody, mangled heap of flesh, but inside that body was something no stones could take away. The peace of knowing the true and living God and knowing that Jesus was smiling down on him because he was doing the Lord's will. Sure, life was easier when he was on the other side of the stones, but Paul's life was not complete, nor was his eternity secure then either. When life is throwing stones at you, friends, sometimes it's tempting to look back and think of how life may have been easier before you knew the Lord. And sometimes easier looks better than being secure. But you know that's just a fleeting mirage. It isn't. It may have been tempting to go back to return to a former way of life for Paul, but how could he really? Once you know Jesus in a personal way, how can you turn back? Once you know how awesome it feels to walk in his will and to see him smiling his approval down on you, once you hear his still small voice saying, well done, good and faithful servant, amid the clamor of life's noise, I ask you, can anything else in life even come close to that feeling of fulfillment? In 1 Corinthians 6, Paul uses the same argument to boost up the Christians in that church. Let's take a look at verses 9 to 11. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. Did you catch that? And that is what some of you were. Think of your life before Jesus came in and changed you. Think of what you were like. Think about what Jesus has delivered you from. Think about what Jesus has given you in return. For many of us, it's scary, isn't it? My own life was 
full of addictions, the classic addictions of adolescence. I had no real purpose or motivation in life. I had nothing to live for and nothing to die for. And my friends were all going the same direction along with me. I knew the emptiness of religion, but not the completeness of Jesus. And that is what some of you were. Turn and go back to that life? Are you kidding? Is there anyone listening today who would honestly want to return to the former way of life you had before you knew Jesus? It's a scary thought, isn't it? Well, Paul couldn't turn back either. It wasn't really an option for him. And even though it may seem tempting at times when life's rocks are flying, it isn't really an option for us either, is it? So Paul got the strength to go on in part because he was so afraid of slipping back into the emptiness of his past without Christ. And he got the strength to go on as he opened his bloody eyelids and saw the present need of the people around him. Friends, look at what the Bible says about the events of Paul's stoning in Acts chapter 14, verses 19 and 20. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town, thinking he was dead. But as the believers gathered around him, he got up and went back into the town. The next day, he left with Barnabas for Derby. Did you notice that? But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back to the city. It's as if Paul was lying there on the ground, realizing that his enemies had left him for dead, and he was tempted to just keep lying there. What do I have to get up for anyway? They all want me dead. They all think I'm dead. I might just as well be dead. And then he opened his eyes. And the light of the truth shone into the darkness of temptation. And he saw his friends around him, people who loved him, people who needed him to get up and keep moving on. Mothers out there, what gives you the strength to get up in the middle of the night to nurse your crying baby? The need. There's someone out there who needs you. And God has placed you in that situation because only you can meet that need. Friends, you may be tempted to give up in your life situation right now. You may be tempted, as Paul was, to just keep your eyes closed and play dead. In fact, truth be known, you may have even toyed with the thought that everyone would be better off if you weren't around anymore. Don't believe those lies. Open your eyes like Paul did. Look around you and see the truth. Wherever you are today, whatever situation you are in today, there are people around you who need you. There are people in your life who have needs that you and only you are in a position to meet best. Whoever you are, there are people in your life crying out to you, get up, please stand up. I need you in my life. And for the sake of those people, parents, for the sake of your children, husbands, for the sake of your wives, adults, for the sake of our youth, Christians, for the sake of the unsaved, how can you just lay there? We need you. God needs you to stand up and rely on the Holy Spirit's power for the strength that you don't have right now to keep moving on. So Paul got the strength to keep moving on for the Lord because of his fear of falling back into what he was, 
and by seeing the present needs of the people around him. The Holy Spirit also gave him strength as he was literally pulled to his feet by the lure of the possibilities that lay ahead in the future. Paul knew the call that Jesus had placed on his life, that he was to be the apostle to the Gentiles, that God wanted to use him to do great things for him. And those great things included more than just laying there in a bloodied heap partway through his first mission trip. Paul also knew his Bible, and he knew one of the greatest promises in it found in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Friends, that promise is yours today, too. Christian parents, what gives you the strength to raise your children in a godly way when you could so easily take the world's easy way out? You don't see your children as what they are now, but as what they will be if you persevere. What gives us the strength to meet, to continue to pray, pleading with God to rain down revival in our communities and churches? Well, we are lured by the desire to see a whole generation of souls rescued by Jesus for eternity. Paul knew that if he didn't get back on his feet, the great apostle to the Gentiles would end up being the missionary who gave up in Lystra. And no one in Corinth, or Thessalonica, or Ephesus, or Philippi, or Athens would ever come to know Jesus through Paul. And that just wouldn't do. So Paul got up. He staggered to the gates of the city, got a decent night's sleep, and was on his way the next day, limping and scarred, but still on his way to the next town where people needed to hear about Jesus. How about you today? Realize this, friend. God isn't finished with you yet, unless you want him to be. It doesn't matter whether you're 5 or 95. God has a future planned for you in which he wants to use you to touch lives for Christ and for eternity. Think about the possibilities. God wants to use you to bring joy and peace into people's lives. Doesn't that excite you? But if you don't stand up, dust yourself off, and stumble forward with the Holy Spirit's strength, you won't know that joy. And those people that God has prepared for your future may never come to know the Lord. You may be tempted today to say, I don't care anymore. You may be tempted to give up trying to live for Jesus today because you haven't seen much fruit and the stones of life are really starting to hurt. Friend, don't do it. If you turn back now, what would you have? Would you really want your former life back? Instead, open your eyes. Look around you. There are people in your life now who need you. Who will care for them if you don't? And how can you give up on the future that God has planned for you? God has exciting things planned for your future that He doesn't even dare tell you about for fear of ruining your fun when they come. But He may just whisper them quietly or give you a hint if you quiet yourself enough to listen. May you ask the Lord for the strength to go on so that you can experience the abundant future that he wants you to have. Learn a lesson from Paul today. Don't give up in Lystra when God's got Rome in your future. 
As always, my friends, I look so forward to our next podcast, where we will move further into the book of Acts, as the Holy Spirit uses His Word to help us walk daily in the power of God. Have a blessed day in Jesus. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. For more information regarding Wagner Ministries International, go to wagnerministries.org. And if you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at wagnerministries.org. God bless.